strange. All right, welcome to Late Point Church, and so glad that you're here today. And uh, it's good to be back here in the, in the, behind the desk. And uh, the, the preach the last couple of weeks, I uh, uh, had Jonah preaching for me. Did a great job. And the last Sunday, Tom kicked off kick off the sermon series, Stranger Stories, and I uh, did a fantastic job last week as well. And um, But some of you, this is your first time here with us. Thank you for being here. My name is Pastor Scott. You can call me Scott if you like. And um, and we're just glad that you're here. So as you came in, there's a program. Inside the program is a card. It's a connection card. Take a minute, fill that out. And then at the end, uh, drop that in the offering basket as it comes by. And we'd just like to recognize you. And uh, thank you for coming here. Um, so, yeah, we're in a series called Stranger Stories. We're looking at the bizarre stories of the Bible, and we're taking a few weeks to do this. And um, today, the chapter is called, They Didn't Stay Dead. They Didn't Stay Dead. And notice the word they. If it was Easter Sunday morning, you think, oh, I know what you're talking about. You're going to talk about Jesus. He didn't stay dead, and we know that. But because he didn't stay dead, there's hope for everyone else. Now, we're going to look at a very specific story this morning. And if I were to title it something else, I would actually call this message Zombieology. Zombieology. That's right. And uh, today we're going to talk about zombies. Zombies. In fact, zombies are very popular right now. Very popular. Popular on TV. You got The Walking Dead. Popular on the movies. A lot of movies about zombies. It's like zombie today is the hipster monster. I remember some of you growing up, the cool monster of the time was the Wolfman. All right? And then you got the Frankenstein monster. About 10 years ago, it was all about vampires. But now, it's the zombies. We all know what zombies are. But I'm going to take another, I want to have another take on zombies this morning. Another idea of zombies is someone who walked very slowly in life. They're unaware of what's happening. Maybe they're tired. That's what the dictionary says. We use the word zombie a lot. We might say, man, if I don't get my sleep, I am going to be a zombie tomorrow. Or we might say, man, you might have heard it like this. When he heard the news, he was like a zombie. In fact, a lot of us here are probably seeing or sitting next to a zombie. In fact, I want you to do this. I want you to look at the person next to you. I want you to ask him or ask her, and just ask him or her, are you a zombie? Yeah, yeah, okay. Some of you are honest. Some of you are like, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about today's zombies, the walking dead, because zombies are in the homes. Zombies are in the workplace. Zombies 
Believe it or not, they're at the gym. Zombies can even be found in our churches. Zombies are everywhere we look. Now, I want to look at a story in the Old Testament. God had to deal with zombies. So he spoke to a prophet, and a prophet is basically a spokesperson for the Lord, a messenger. And this prophet that we're going to talk about, his name, his name is Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a strange dude, strange guy, different. He always used these illustrations, word pictures, to, to make a point. He did stuff that was out of the ordinary to communicate to God's people, the Hebrew children, the Hebrew people, what God wanted them to know. So Ezekiel did something that was kind of creepy, kind of eerie. I want to read a passage. Ezekiel chapter 37. I want to read verses 1 to 10 together. And I want you to kind of get the idea of what I'm talking about. I know I'll break this down. Verse number 1. Ezekiel writes, he writes this down. He says this, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. I saw great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord said to these bones. I will make breath into you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendon to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, as I was preaching, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Zombies. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Now, we just read this passage of Scripture, and, and, and if you're like me, you might have read this before. And, you know, sometimes we just kind of get to read it and say, okay, that was weird. <laughs> we just keep moving on. I, I found a video, and maybe this video can better give us a picture of this passage of Scripture. Let's show that video, guys. 
The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, and say to it, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Now I know, some of you are thinking, that was a little strange. Some of you are also thinking, Scott, this is getting a little weird. Zombies, skeletons, bones. I mean, I woke up this morning, and this was the last thing I ever thought we would talk about in church today. I had, had no expectation that this was the message. We we're going to talk about some strange stuff. Well, let's break this strange story down. God showed Ezekiel by his spirit, a valley, a valley full of dry bones. Now, just for a second, I want you to put yourself in Ezekiel's sandal, okay? Just for a minute. Can you imagine walking in a valley of dry bones, and you're by yourself? Kind of creepy. Kind of scary. There's millions of skeletons, bones, everywhere. And the Bible says that these bones were dry. They were bleached. Maybe they were busted a little bit, brittle. Obviously, there was an epic war that had taken place, and the Hebrews had lost that battle. Wild animals had picked the bones clean. You know, they brought the bones together here in this area. And then we see Ezekiel, he's preaching to a bunch of bones. A bunch of dead, dry, dusty bones. Now, to give you the bad story here, you know, God's people, the Hebrews, had been in Egyptian slavery for over 400 years. That's a long time, 400 years. And God brought them out out of slavery. If we all remember, he brought them out. They crossed over the Jordan River. They claimed the promised land. They, they were living in the blessing of God. But over time, the Hebrews forgot about the one who gave them the blessings. They started taking the blessings for granted. They started worshiping the blessings 
over the blesser. That happens to us sometimes. If we're not careful, we can start worshiping the blessing and we forget about the one who provided the blessing. We say things like, man, I deserve this. You know, we've, we, we earn this. We might say, man, we, now that I finally made it, we can arrive. We can relax a little bit. By the way, we, there's sometimes, sometimes this happens when a church has been portable and work hard and we see the blessings of God and we worship the blesser, but then we move into a building and then we say, ah, we made it. And we start to relax a little. And we, we forget where we come from. We forget the blesser who had provided for 10 years here at Lake Point. And we take it for granted. Some of us might say, man, I'm not going to give God his due. I did all the work. I've got all the talent. It was my talent, my money. And we forget the blesser, and we begin to worship the blessing. That's what happened to God's people. They got into the promised land, and over time, they have forgotten where they come from. And they started worshiping the blessings, but they forgot about the blesser. They forgot about the blesser, and over time, their possessions that they possess, the possession began to possess them. That's wrong with possession. But these Hebrews started to think internally, and they forgot, they forgot about who God is, and they became enslaved to the stuff. They became enslaved, and they began to take God for granted. So Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came in. You know, took over the city, destroyed the city, took many people prisoners from Israel, and took them all the way back to Babylon. And that's where we find Ezekiel. The Hebrew people were like, man, it's over. It's done. We, we have taken God for granted, and God, God destroyed it. We lost it. God is teaching us a lesson, and we may never get it back. It is over. We're never going to get it together anymore. It's done. And by the Spirit of God, God showed Ezekiel all the dead bones. And Ezekiel thinking, God, why are you doing this? These people are dead. History. It's over. A bunch of skeletons. Finish. And so God tells Ezekiel to preach. Prophesy to the bones. I want you to notice, if you're taking note, three things from this passage. Number one, the bones were hopelessly scattered. Hopelessly scattered. They were everywhere. With a sign of deadness a sign of hopelessness. But here's the good news. The good news is this. Even though the bones were hopelessly scattered, 
we're going to discover that God is a God who gives life to those who are dead. God is a God who sees the possible even when we see it as impossible. And you're like, well, Scott, how can I relate to a bunch of dead bones? I mean, how can I connect with that? And here's how you can. Maybe some of you, you can say, Scott, I've got something dead in my life. My family life, just to be honest with you, Pastor Scott, my family life is dead. My marriage, dead. My relationship with my kids, a bunch of dead bones, dead, hopeless. My finances, although I may look like I've got it all together, but in reality, it's a mess. It's hopeless, dead. I feel scattered all over the place. And we've all felt that way before. But I'm here to tell you that God, he can take the impossible. He can take something that is dead, and he can turn it around. Only he can do this. He could turn something that was dead and turn it into something that is alive. He can give us what we're saying about this morning, living hope. And that's exactly what happened to God's people. They thought it was done. They thought it was over. And here comes Ezekiel. Look at verse number one again. The Bible said, The hand of the Lord was on me, brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley with full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? God asked him that question. He said, Ezekiel, hey, can these bones live? I mean, these are relics of the human life. I mean, they're Dead as dead can be. And he's probably thinking, Ezekiel, he's probably thinking, no way. No possible way can he bone live. But notice how he answered God. He answered God on how he was thinking. Because that's how I'd be thinking. But he said something brilliant. He said, I said, this is what he said. Look at his answer. Sovereign Lord, you alone know. You know, God. God, you know. I don't care how dead you are or how your situation is. God knows all about it. And, and God knows how to take something that is dead and bring it to life. And that's the good news. So even though you might feel like this morning, that your life is hopelessly scattered. God wants to connect you. He wants to breathe life into you. Now, the primary interpretation of Ezekiel chapter 37 is a prophetic word. It's a prophetic word to the nation of Israel. One day, even though they're hopelessly scattered, they put the prophecy that God will bring them back together and the Messiah will rule and reign. That's the primary interpretation of this passage of Scripture. But there's also a secondary interpretation, and it's practical. And it's for your life and mine. This, is a, this also could be spoken to us. God has a 
God has a bone to pick with you this morning. You've got Ezekiel walking in the valley of dry bones. Very quickly, let's walk over a mountain and let's walk into another valley. The valley of the church. How about the valley of Lake Point Church? Let's walk through. Let's think about this. Could it be that some of the bones in your life and mine are hopelessly scattered? Let's talk about some of the bones. Let's talk about foot bone. Y'all got a foot bone right here? Let me ask you a question. What, what direction is your feet bone pointed at? And what direction are you going? Where or how are you walking? If you go to the wrong places, you're going to end up meeting the wrong people, and you'll miss God's purpose for your life. But can these bones live? If you believe it, say yes. There we go. Y'all with me. God can take the foot bone, and he can turn it around. Only he can make a 180 out of the direction of your life. We can walk the right way, the godly way. How are you walking? Let's talk about the knee bone. The knee bone. It's good for walking. We need it for walking. But you know what? God wants our knees on the ground where we can be praying to God. Well, you're begging for him for his power. However, some of you, you haven't prayed in weeks. Some of you, your prayer life is dry. Dusty. You might say Dead. You haven't been praying to God. You haven't been talking to God. By the way, you, much prayer, much power, little prayer, little power, no prayer, no power. Now, some of you are kind of going through the motion of life on your own without the power of God. Let me ask you a question. Can these bones live? Yes, they can. God can use our knee bone. He wants you to use your knee bone. He wants you to pray to him. Let's talk about your backbone. Your backbone for a minute. I have a backbone. I'm sure you have a backbone. We'd be a mess if we didn't have a backbone. My chiropractor's over here. He, he works on my backbone. All right? And he got to work on it some more tomorrow. You've got to make my backbone stronger. But however, you know your backbone can also mean what you stand for? What you com- are you a man? Are you a lady of character? Are you a lady or a man of commitment? I mean, we're being challenged all the time on what we believe. And if we're not careful, we can crater. We can... We can Wilt to the peer pressures of the people we work with, of the people that we go to school with, the people that we work out with, the people that we hang out with. Are you a man or woman of a backbone, commitment? And the time for all of us to 
stand up for what we believe. Hey, I'm not saying to be arrogant. I'm just talking about having a backbone and believing in what you believe and not be persuaded to do something that you don't believe in. Backbone. Can these bones live? Yes, they can. Tailbone. <laughs> How about the tailbone? You know, that's the hinge, right? We all have a tailbone. And the tailbone's cool. Because you know we can sit, and it's fun to sit around. It's fun. And we, can, we can sit, we can, hey, we can binge watch TV all day long sitting on our tailbone. Or we can use the hinge, get up, and do something for God. To do something for him. And God wants us to do something for him. He wants us to use our talents and our abilities to glorify him. You know, we're, we're, we're getting closer to a new building. By the way, we have nine and a half years of people who get off their tailbones every Sunday morning. And they work hard. They work hard to set this up every week. And then, a few hours later, they tear it all down. Up and down. Up and down. 52 weeks a year times nine. Do the math. That's almost 450 plus Sundays. We have amazing volunteers. Hey, let's give them up for these guys. Do you realize that some of them get here at 6.30 in the morning to get the ball started here? And they're using their resources, their talents, their muscles, their, their, hey, their, their ability to work to make this happen. We have people that are serving right now, watching our kids, loving on our kids. They're given their abilities and talent to serve others. We have people throughout the week. They're using their tailbone. They're getting up. They're doing something for God, serving him. And as we get ready to move into the next step, man, there's a lot of, lot of work to be done at Lake Point New Building. A lot of work. But guess what? It can get done. It can get done. And, and there's an opportunity for you to use your talent Resources. If you have a green thumb, we never had a need for a green thumb at Lake Point Church before. But now we have a, you, a need for green thumbs. We've got weeds to pull. We've got flower beds to fish. All right, we've got, hey, we've got need for those that love to play with electricity. Not me. Not a good thing. Scott and electricity do not come together. A bad idea. But there's some of you that knows how to do that kind of stuff. And there's some of you that knows how to paint, know how to clean. There's all kinds of stuff on the back of your connection card in the next step area. There's a place to say, hey, I want to volunteer. And you can circle. There's different ways to serve. And most of us are going to be serving at nights on the weekends, maybe during the day. There may be some of you say, hey, I'm available during the day. Put me to work. But especially for the next couple of months as we prepare for the new building. I, you know, I was going to save this to the end, but let me just go ahead and just spit this out right now because it's kind of a cool news here. Um, 
and I'm just gonna, we'll get back to the message in just a minute. But um, we were supposed to close, what, you know, our scheduled closing date at the end of next month. And on Tuesday or Wednesday, they called me up and said, Scott, we're ready to go. Let's close next week. So we're closing this week. So we're starting to, hey, we're starting to roll up the sleeve, you know, at the end of this week, starting next. We're going to start working. I'll give it an extra month to get stuff that we need to get done so that we can launch well in the first Sunday of October. And so I encourage you to, hey, find a way to serve, be involved, be involved. When we go to the new church service, we're going to go to two Sunday morning services. That gives you an opportunity to serve in one and worship in the other. I encourage you, and we'll talk more about that later, but I encourage you to get involved. And as I think about Lake Point Church, I think about what God has done over the past 10 years. What God has done has blown my mind. And listen, I'm the most surprised person here in the room. I had never imagined where we'd be today. I love my church. I love Lake Point. There's not a church like Lake Point Church that I know, and I'm kind of partial. By the way, so many of you, I want to thank you for your generosity. You've gotten off your tailbone, your wallet, and you resource Lake Point Church. The way you've been given this summer as we prepare to go into the new building has been amazing. You have done an amazing job. Summertime, the offering goes like this. That, that's normal for us. It's normal for most churches. But this summer... You kick it up in a whole nother level, and we're going up this summer in the way you've been given. And as we prepare to go into the new building, I have the edge of tomorrow offering, where we're praying for $100,000, a special offering by the end of September. Some of you already started giving to it. And, and that offering to help us, you know, like you go into a new house. There's things you need to, hey, you know, let's update some stuff. Right? Let's paint the walls. There's things we got to do. But thank God we don't have to spend a million dollars to get into the building. You know, we feel like, man, this is enough to get what we need to do. And I pray about how you, how God can use your resources. So time for us to get off our tailbone. Not only sow our abilities, but also sow and give our resources. Can these bones live? Yes. Jawbone! Oh. Oh, man. The jawbone. Y'all got one? Chomp, 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 slander. Chomp, 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 gossip. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Words that we couldn't say, shame, secret. The jawbone. What's coming out of your mouth? Out of the same mouth. We can praise God. We can glorify him. We can say things that encourage one another. Or we can discourage one another. We can tear each other down out of that same mouth. Can these bones live? Yes. We can use the bones in our lives to glorify God. And that's a word to me and you. So if we're keeping score, number one, the bones were hopelessly scattered. The Jewish people, the Hebrews, said, man, it's done, Ezekiel. But Ezekiel does something strange, preaching to the bones. 
He preached to the bone, and look what happened. Number two, the bone began to move. <laughs> Can you imagine being Ezekiel? It's quiet. It's all dead. God said, start preaching. All right, God, that's weird. I start preaching. He start preaching. He start preaching to dead bones. And all of a sudden, behind him, he starts hearing a rattling noise. You know what I'd be doing? You know what you would be doing. I'd be running as fast as I can out of that valley. How fast can I run? I don't know, but I'm going to run really quickly. That I'll be the fastest man alive. I'm headed out of here. I hear something shaking and moving, rattling sound. I'm out of there. Bible says in verse number four, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord, the Bible, God's word. There's power in the word of God. You don't study the book. You don't study the Bible. The Bible, in fact, studies you. You don't just open the book. The books, the Bible, it opens you. You don't read the book. You don't just read it. The Bible reads you. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing the soul and spirit, joint and marrow. That's bone stuff right there, by the way. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. See, God's Word should convict us. I mean, we don't just read God's word for a quick little picker-me-upper. You know, we don't read it just for the inspiration. I mean, we get it, and we do, and we should, but we should also see from time to time God's word speaking to us, challenging us, convicting us, preaching of God's word this morning. But some of you, you say, man, Scott, you've been stepping on some of my bones. Some of my toes been stepped on, and that's okay because that's what God's Word does. It should preach to you, it should preach to me. So Ezekiel, he started preaching to the bones. And look at verse number seven. And so I prophesied, I was preaching as I was commanded. As I was preaching, there was a noise, a rattling sound. The bones came together, bone to bone. And he sees all the skin, the flesh, the muscles coming together. But there was no breath in them. The living dead. Bunch of zombies. Billions of skeletons now that they have skin on them. They've got muscles. And this whole thing is weird. And Ezekiel preaching to bones, now he's preaching to a bunch of corpses. Now, have you known someone? I know I have. They feel like their situation is hopeless, helpless. And then they hear the word of God. They start coming to church. And they start hearing the word of God. And they they begin a movement inside them. Their soul begins to stir. They they start having some goosebumps. And they say, oh man, that felt good. Have you, have you known some of those people that feel like things are coming together? They're connecting the dots. But they never go to the next level. 
And then it was, they said, oh, that was a good sermon. Oh, that felt good. And they'll walk out these doors and you forget about it. Your, your soul started to stir. It started to move. You see, that's the Spirit of God trying to tell you, hey, I'm trying to help you. I'm helping you to see something here that you've never seen before. I'm hoping that you will wake up. But at the same time, if we're not careful, we can just stay at the status quo. It's easy to go to church and to do a religious exercise. But if that's all church is, a religious exercise, then you'll become a zombie. You don't go to the next level on your walk. You don't take it where God needs you to go. The walking dead. Church, it's not a religious exercise for you to participate in. It's for you to take the next step. So look what Ezekiel did. The bones were hopelessly scattered after preaching. Movement happened. Hey, there was a stirring in the soul. People, bones were coming together. People were starting to connect the dots. But number three, the bones found their purpose. Verse number nine, God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Again, this guy's weird. Strange. This is a weird cat. He's preaching the bone. Now he's preaching the body. And then to make it even crazier, God says, hey, I want you to preach to some breath. He said, prophesy, preach to the breath, and say to it, come breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. The word breath is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Numa. If you go back to Genesis, you know, God created man, but man was formless. And all of a sudden, God breathed the breath of life in him. The Holy Spirit of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, breathe life. And I know a lot of people this morning, you have everything to live on, but you have nothing to live for. You have everything to live on, but you have nothing to live for. I know people who are connected, they feel like things are coming together, but they've not taken that next step. And this next step involves the Spirit of God, the breath of God to breathe life, new life, that only He can breathe into. See, I can preach to the breath. I can preach, but I can't make you take that next step. Only you, being led by the Word of God, by the power of God, to follow after Him. Have you allowed God to breathe life? Breathe life into you. Because the Spirit of God, He uses the Word of God to breathe the life of God into dead things. Maybe you know someone this morning, you're like, man, God, this person I'm dealing with, they're so hard-hearted. They're so far away from God. They're so pessimistic, atheistic, maybe. I mean, this person is done. He's done for the count in life. I pray that you'll remember that God specializes in taking things that we see impossible. And we think those things that are dead, 
And we, that, we see that God specializes in bringing dead things, dead people, back to life. Verse number 10, as I close, Ezekiel prophesied as he commanded, and breath entered them, and they came to life. And they all stood up on their feet, a vast army. The bones found their purpose. And now we have the people standing and forming this mighty army, and things are happening now. And when people who were once dead begin to move, and they take that next step into their lives, they realize, wow, something has taken place in my life. Something has happened. I'm going to ask the question one more time. Can these bones live? Yes. Yes. And if you're here today, they say, man, Scott, I've been coming to Late Point for a while. I've been tiptoeing my toes in the pool of salvation. I've been trying to figure it all out. I've just been kind of dipping my toes. I haven't jumped in yet. I've been trying to figure it all out. And yet, the dots are coming together. And I'm here to say to you, man, God has a purpose for your life. And you matter to him. He just wants you to jump in so that he can start doing the impossible and start breathing life into your barren, dead soul. God is waiting for you to jump in. I don't care how far away from God you feel. I don't care how dead you feel, how dry you feel, how dusty you feel, how depressed you feel. I don't care how deep and dark the valley is. Can these bones live? Yes, they can. Our Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. It's alive, active. It wants to change the heart. And God, you want to breathe life into these dead bones. And there may be some of us here today, we're in a hopeless situation. And God, maybe some of us, we start feeling like things are coming together. We feel hope. But God, I pray that we take that final step and that we surrender and give our life to you so that you can breathe life through us by the power of your word, by the power of your spirit. And God, I pray that these bones that we have can live for the glory of God. In your name I pray. Amen.